Welcome to the Steve Travelly Show on demand. Don't forget to follow this show so you never miss a minute. In Jersey, 101.5. Streets of Union City. To your nighttime radio. Steve Travelly's keeps you in the Jersey, no. Seven till eleven, live local and live. Steve Travelly's Sunny Jersey 101.5. Weekday night, Steve's live local and live. Call him at 1-800-283-101.5. And welcome to Tuesday night in New Jersey, Steve Travelly's. You and me until eleven o'clock tonight with so much to talk about. I'm guessing right about now, St. Peter is asking Gilbert Gottfried, what do you call your act? We'll talk about Gilbert. Cindy Williams calling in at 9 o'clock. She's got me, myself, and Shirley coming to the Bucks County Playhouse. Uncle Floyd calling in at 10 o'clock. He, uh, he and Julia Scotty and I and uh, Liam Katz are going to be doing a show uh, over at uh, the Brook Art Performing Arts Center. Uh, this Saturday night, but of course we're going to be talking about Gilbert. We're going to be talking about all kinds of stuff, so do stick around. Uncle Floyd, Gilbert, Gottfried, and I did a show at the Broadway Theater in Pittman the night before Easter Sunday, just a few years ago, uh, before the pandemic. And uh, Uncle Floyd and Gilbert had worked together on the Cosby Show, so there should be a great conversation coming up at 1010. Do stick around for that. We heard about uh, the Brooklyn subway shooter. We heard about what went on. 29 people are injured. Our thoughts and prayers go out to them, as well as the police and the firemen and the first responders and the Port Authority police and everyone who ran in there not knowing what they were going to get into. Uh, here in Jersey, uh, law enforcement is increasing security, staying in touch with officials in New York. And... The way it went down, I heard Jeff Dominski uh, describe it earlier today when it was happening. The gunman put on a gas mask, opened the canister, uh, releasing smoke onto the subway car as it pulled onto the 36th Street Station in Sunset Park section of Brooklyn, and then opened fire. Uh, was the subject of a manhunt this afternoon. And I can't help but thinking, I know Jeff alluded to it, um, you know, but... I can't help but think, and I thought the same way in Aurora with the movie theater. If somebody on that train, a responsible gun owner, was allowed to carry, if the laws permitted such a thing, and the thought that there would be a responsible gun owner on that train, allowed to carry, trained to shoot, possibly to kill, would that gunman have gone and done that. We have, you know, everybody's crying about the gun control. Everybody cries about the gun laws. You know, we hear about gun violence when things like this happen. Uh, But the more, you know, I can't help but wonder, you know, is more gun control the answer or less gun control? And by less gun control, I mean allow responsible gun owners to carry in public. In New Jersey, in New York, wherever, like they do in Texas, like they do in Florida. I'm not being like, you know, this uh, right wing conservative undershirt and a beer at the kitchen table guy. I'm just saying that would it be possible, you know, do we need tighter gun laws 
Or do we need more responsible laws that allow responsible people to carry weapons to defend themselves, firearms if necessary? And if that happened, would this happen? Right now, the way the laws are, if you, uh, you know, if you have a gun and you decide to commit a crime, you're shooting fish in a barrel, so to speak. Because no one can get in your way. And now, you know, we see this. So where are you on this? 1-800-283-101.5. Do you think that we should allow people, we should loosen up the carry laws so that responsible gun owners can carry? And they'll let people know that they're carrying. And would that have prevented this? Because I think it would have. I think that I think a lot of these people who do this are cowards. And the thought that someone on that train could have a gun, someone on that train could take them out, I think would deter someone from pulling something like this. It just makes total sense. Because right now there's no threat. And... As tensions get increasingly tighter in New Jersey and New York, you know, it's possible we see more of this. You hear the, uh, the, the, the what comes out of New York, make it stop. You know, how are we going to make it stop? What would we do to make it stop? 1-800-283-101.5. And again, I'm not talking about the wild, wild west. I'm not saying give everybody a gun. I'm saying, you know, make it possible for more responsible gun owners to be allowed to carry weapons in public to defend themselves if that's what they need to do. And not only defend themselves, but defend, uh, to defend each other. Maybe they're retired military. Maybe they're police officers. Maybe they're trained in other aspects. But I just can't think, I just can't help thinking that if somebody were on, you know, if somebody on that train if the thought were in this guy's mind that somebody, and I got his credit card now here, if the thought were in this guy's mind that somebody on that train could have a gun and could take him out, would he have done this? What do you think? Or should we go the other way and just make it harder and harder and harder to buy a gun? The problem is we're not making it hard enough to get a gun. Well, it is hard enough to get a gun. It's not hard for the bad guys to get the guns. They have it pretty easy. Nick's in Eastern Pennsylvania on New Jersey 101.5. Nick, what are you thinking? You know, um, I, I am a responsible gun owner. I'm prior military, and I used to be a firearms instructor as well for uh, on a civilian side. Right. And I trained a lot of people in New Jersey and New York. Right. And I don't think the problem is the ability to carry a firearm if the individual itself is already trained to defend themselves. Um, you okay. know, there are people who could easily buy a gun. Right, you look, you look at Pennsylvania. You could easily, you know, do a background check, buy a firearm, but these people still can't shoot for anything. No, no, they have to be trained. They're trained, responsible gun owners. Not you, you know, just like I said, it's not the Wild West. You don't just give them to everybody. But like you yourself, you're ex-military, you're trained, responsible gun owner. If you were allowed to carry, and you know, let's just say you were allowed to openly carry a gun, and that puts the thought in this guy's mind that you could be on that train. Right now, he doesn't have to worry about it. Right. But, I mean, you got to go into the aspect of, I mean, certain situations have happened in states like Texas or in Colorado where everybody carries. I don't think that me as a, if I were, you know, were going to commit a crime, would that really be going through my head? I think the whole point is for me to get this crime done, and I wouldn't really care. If I'm going to do something crazy like this, I'm probably glad I was a bang anyway. 
Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's possible. It's possible and it's not possible. Nick, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. We can't get in the head of the guy. You know, uh, it's possible that maybe he's afraid of dying and afraid of taking that chance. But what do you think? 1-800-283-101.5. Would stricter gun control laws have stopped this? Or would uh, permission to uh, responsible gun owners to carry? Could that have stopped this? 1-800-283-101.5. Mike, I'm going to give you more time. i got two open slots if you want to jump on. Do you need to relocate quickly for a job but still want to take advantage of this hot seller's market? Robert Dukansky of REMAX First Advantage can get you thousands of dollars more than you ever imagined. Preston bought his home in Rahway just two years ago. He received a job offer in another state. Needed to sell quickly. Rob's aggressive marketing kicked into gear, triggering 13 showings and multiple offers in just 10 days. Preston Home sold for three hundred nine. $50,000. That's $15,000 over the list price. Preston is moving on to his new job with a little extra cash in hand. Robert Dukansky of Remax First Advantage has superior marketing to sell your home for the highest price possible. No worries if your situation changes. You can get out of the contract at any time. Call the only agent I would call if I needed to sell my home. Call Robert Dukansky at 855-350-1015. That's 855-350-1015. Or online at robsellsnj.com. That's RobSellsNJ.com and start packing his fast traffic. Get ready for summer. It's Jenkinson's Boardwalk's annual Easter sale. Buy your discounted tickets Easter weekend, April 15th through the 17th, online or on site. Get one, buy one, get one $50 ride coupons plus family fun packs for just $125. Visit Jenkinson's.com for details. 1 800 283 101.5. 29 people injured at a subway shooter in Brooklyn opened up a canister, a smoke bomb first. Cops also found a slew of other weapons, including a hatchet, a can of pepper spray, two gas canisters, a bag full of fireworks, and another satchel hiding what appears to be BB pellets at the scene. Sources said it's not immediately clear if all the items belong to the shooter. So your thoughts, would stricter gun laws have prevented this? Or... uh could the fact that if we allowed responsible gun owners to carry, could that, the thought of that, have prevented this? Mike's in Ocean Township on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Mike. Hey, how you doing? Good. How about you? Oh, pretty good. I uh, just wanted to get your opinion as well as share a thought. I've heard this argument before about if we all walked around strapped, it would deter a lot of gun violence. And I was just wondering, what is it that works over in a place like Germany, where I've been before, and as far as I know, most people, the vast majority, don't walk around strapped, and yet they have uh, maybe one shooting per every thousand we have. Why do you think it is? So why do you think that is, Mike? Well, I know why it is. They have far stricter gun laws. They don't think that it's necessary for somebody there to walk around with a gun. Okay, so what happens when so I so why then we have stricter gun laws? Then why does that not happen here? Where do we have stricter gun laws? We have stricter gun laws in New Jersey. We have the strictest gun laws in the nation in New Jersey, New right. York. So why does so why does that not happen here? I'm just asking. It does happen, but it doesn't happen I don't think as much as it does in other states. Maybe I'm wrong, but I know from a nationwide level right. when you compare ourselves to other you know, developed nations, we have far more gun violence 
in regardless of the category, whether you want to call it, you know, one ethnic group versus another. Well, it's not about. See, I don't, have I'm not putting it there. I'm just saying my my only thought is this: if a guy takes a gun onto a subway. And he has to concern himself whether or not anybody on that train also has a gun and could be better with theirs than he is with his. Could that deter him from doing something? It's a very simple question. I, su- I suppose it could. I mean, if, if we all got on the subway train together, right. the question is, would we feel safer? And but if then we now, would, now, then we should, all, but again, we should all vote for people who advocate that we walk around strapped. If we're talking about responsible gun owners, I'm not saying, you know, like I said, not the Wild West, give everybody a gun, but if responsible no, no. gun owners who were trained and had to pass tests and all that, you know, because this, yeah. this way it happens. And every time it happens, they blame it on the gun laws. But you don't, you know, the people who get the guns aren't getting them, not all, I guess, getting them uh, the legal way. They may not be, and we're never going to stop them, as you said before, but it seems like these other countries, we seem to forget that they have far fewer gun incidents than we do. And yes, they occasionally have But they're also a lot smaller than we are, right? Oh, yeah, but you could could break it down in any proportion, any which way you want. We We had more bullets fired in Jersey City in one incident than all of Germany in an entire year. I think that speaks volumes about something. Okay, but again, we also have strict gun laws in Jersey City. So yeah, they're strict, maybe in 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 comparison to other areas. They're strict we do compa- have but but wait a minute, are they? Tell me how much looser they are than Germany. Do you know? Oh yeah, in Germany, it, it's not accepted for a general civilian to have a firearm. Well, so, well, what's it like in Jersey City, right? You can't just get a gun. There are strict, very strict gun laws in New Jersey. We have the strictest gun laws in the nation. But thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. Chris is in Chester on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Chris. Hey, Steve. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Good. Um, but I just wanted to chime in here, too. I think what that, do you think? Um, so, I mean, what's going to stop the criminals from getting the guns? Um, they're going to be, as the last caller said, strapped uh, no matter what. And they're going to, you know, basically... You know, they could do harm whenever they want to. Um, and, of course, the, uh, you know, the, the, the innocent guys, the innocent people like us are just waiting for that, you know, are basically waiting for them to attack, and we have nothing to protect ourselves. I mean, I would feel much more safe, if not me, if I couldn't actually have a concealed carry license, I would feel better if somebody, even our, our, our police, were, it was made easier for them to be concealed, uh, yeah. you know, for them to have a concealed carry license. That's my well. point. So you're on the train, uh, right? You're on the train. Here's the shooter. This is all happening. And you're saying, you know, if there was somebody else on that train, you know, not me, I would never get a gun, but I mean, you know, not you, but maybe somebody, like a trained officer, like a trained ex-military, like someone who's a, who's a gun enthusiast who's trained and knows what to do, or, you know... Uh, would that deter the person from even bringing the gun or would you feel safer knowing that at least we've got a shot with this guy? Exactly. Exactly. I I mean, I I think it would be uh, pretty much you're taking away my rights. So when those, when those shots ring out, what do I have to protect myself um, other than what I'm carrying on me? So if I do have, you know, if I, at least if I had a weapon or something, at least if I had, it was easier for me to have a, a concealed carry license, then I, I think that, uh, you know, I would definitely feel safer. I think the people that would actually have a concealed carry license, they that have to go through it, have to go through the paperwork, uh, go through the training, 
Um, they are exactly. dedicated shooters. They're, they're, they're marksmen. They, they practice. They, they put a lot of shots on range. They're, they're very competent with their guns. I think anyone that is into guns is very competent in safety or not everybody, of course, right. but I would say the majority, 99% of them are all very safe. Um, you know, gun owners. And that's so. exactly what I'm saying. You know, not the wild west, but you know, responsible gun owners who are safe. Chris, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. Does it make a difference? Because making it harder to get guns or making, you know, going with the stricter, is that working? 1-800-283-101.5. How safe do you feel? Uh, you know, basically, it's a helpless situation when you're on a train and, uh, you know, somebody's got a gun and no one else on the train does and there's nothing you can do. The suspect shot 10 people, including five, were in critical but stable condition, according to the uh, um, New York Fire Department. Some of the victims suffered smoke inhalation. None of them have life-threatening injuries, thank God. And we thank the police and we thank the firemen, you know, in New York and the first responders and the transit police who were able to get in there not knowing what was going to happen. Not knowing what was going on as they run in. That's why we have tremendous respect for the police and the firemen. And, uh, you know, and we should allow them to do their jobs. A uh, whole other topic. But I got Karen, I got John, Sean, Robert, 1-800-283-101.5. The Brooklyn subway shooter. Uh, would stricter gun laws have made a difference? Would the ability to carry, with a permit, of course, have made a difference? It's 7.30. Now the latest New Jersey news from it. New Jersey weather brought to you by Casino Pier. Easter weekend just around the corner. That means it's almost time for the Casino Pier and Breakwater Beach annual Easter sale. Prices will never be lower for rides, go-karts, games, and water park passes that never expire. Check out the details at CasinoPierNJ.com. Steve Trevelis. Thoughts and prayers going out to the 29 people. All expected to recover, according to Mayor Eric Adams from the uh, Brooklyn subway shooting. They got the guy. Uh, Governor Kathy Huckel at a Brooklyn press conference linked the attack to the rising tide of gun violence across New York City, saying, stop the insanity of these crimes. Okay, how's that going to stop the insanity of these crimes? Would it be possible the insanity of these crimes could stop if more people uh, were able to carry? Responsible gun owners, trained responsible gun owners who had to go through proper testing? John's in Philadelphia on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, John. Hey, guys. Love your program. Thank you. Um, I'm a gun owner, gun enthusiast, uh, whatever you want to call it. Okay. And uh, I don't think uh, any law would have stopped what happened today. Let's face it. You know, a, hand, a nut gets his hand on a gun, you know, it's all over. Okay, then um, let me ask you this. My guns don't come out of my gun safe and go kill people. It's people killing people. No, I understand that. That's very, all what it is. Very sick. Probably if more people. Oh, John, John, John can I, can, John, we got the, then, uh, John, John. Know, everybody that gets on the plane gets John, handed a gun. We have to <laughs> have it. was an John. actual episode, by the way. John, let me, uh, can, um, can, yeah, can, less of it would happen. Can we have a guy, would... John, I'm trying to talk to the guy, but the guy just keeps talking. He doesn't want to talk. I would like to talk, so we got to have a conversation. You know, uh, yeah, guy's a nut job. But if there's other people, you know, the thought process, my, my point here is that the thought process is if I do this, if I get on this train with a gun and other people have a gun, 
I'm likely to get killed. The shooter is likely to get killed. Does he want to take that chance? Does the nut job want to take that chance? one 800 And please, I want to talk to you. This is a conversation. I am absolutely interested in what you have to say. But I also, because I'm interested, I will ask questions. I will debate the point. So when you come on and just get on the soapbox and just keep talking whether or not, you know, acting like I'm not here, that's impolite. I wouldn't go to your house and be impolite. Karen's in Ridgewood on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Karen. Hey, how are you? Love the show. Thank you. How you doing? Good. Good, good, good. What are you thinking? So I'm thinking, you know, I think... If you were allowed to carry a responsible gun on her, yeah, a criminal would think twice about shooting. Um, but then that also could raise another issue, whereas, you know, people have sued people who have invaded their homes and have been shot at. So is that well, yeah. a whole other can of worms? I, I, you know what? But, this, but this, is, this is the thing. This is the question. This is what it opens up. Mm-hmm. You know, but just the idea that if you're trying to stop something, how do you stop a gunman? Mm-hmm. At least to th- put the thought in his head, this may not work out well for you. Right now, he's got nothing to worry about. And I totally agree with you on that. You know, if I were a nut job on a train thinking about shooting up people, I'd think twice about someone next to me maybe having a gun. A bigger one? I think that would be a deterrent to most people, to most criminals. Remember Crocodile Dundee? Yeah. That's not a knife. That's a knife. <laughs> you know, you never, you know, you'd have to think twice about it. Karen, thanks for the call. Let's go to Will on Route 18 on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Will. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? Can you hear me all right? I got you. Okay. Um, so my thought is I think we need a, uh, a stricter penalty. Not more people having guns just because, you know, you can protect yourself. I think we need a penalties where, let's say, you know, you, you go out and you rob somebody. That, you know, instead of getting uh, 30 years in jail, you get the death penalty. You know what I mean? It's kind of like the, uh, the old Chris Rock routine where uh, you're going to give the guns out for nothing, but you're going to make the bullets $5,000. <laughs> you would have really think twice about using that bullet if it's five thousand uh, dollars. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but but they would never be able to do that. that. I, I think that people would think about committing a crime a little bit more the same way you're thinking if other people had guns to protect themselves. If they thought that okay, if I go up and rob somebody and I get caught, I'm going to get the death penalty. Yeah, but I'm not going to be right. in jail for five years. Okay. You know what? Uh, there are countries that will cut your hands off. There are countries that will cane you. Uh, I get what you're saying. But by the same token, then you're thinking also, uh, I can get a lawyer. I could beat this. I'll never see jail time. You know, the way the Justice Department and the legal system works, that could go on forever. But the idea that if I get on this train and I pull a gun and somebody on this train has a gun, I could die. Would that be enough to at least but just the thought of that? be enough to deter somebody from getting on a train with a gun? Well, they could die if they get caught, which they more than likely would. Yeah, exactly. But it's just another It's just, just another deterrent. Right now, uh, stop the yeah, insanity of these crimes, according from the governor, really isn't stopping anything. 
You know, she sounds like, remember that Susie Orsman, or Susie Ortman, stop the insanity with the, the bald lady with the diet? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, stop the insanity isn't really going to do anything for me. Well, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. All right, we got a jumbo jet pilot in Clinton from the App Chap. The best way to stop a bad guy with a gun is with a good guy who has a gun. Chicago has the, strictly, the strictest gun laws of any U.S. city. It also has some of the highest rates of gun violence in the country. Well, it kind of makes sense. Because if you don't have to worry about the other guy having a gun and you got a gun, advantage you. No? 1-800-283-101.5. But if you're getting on the train and it thought crosses your mind, or any of these other places, these cowardly, unarmed shooters, I can't say the P word on the radio, uh, would, you know, would go uncontested. They have the advantage, but if they have to think about the fact that, you know what, there may be somebody there who, uh, you know, who could take me out. They're not fearless. That's, this is my thought. You know, Mike, hang on, I want to hear yours. 1-800-283-101.5. Finally. The weather's warmer and bonus. We actually get to go outside and get moving, more places to go, more things to do, a little more aches and pains you'll discover because, well, you haven't been moving. You need to call Trinity Rehab. What are you waiting for? Trinity Rehab can help. Now is the time. Give them a call at 800-518-0977 or go to trinity-rehab.com. They have the EPAP machine, don't you know, which most places don't have. It's cutting-edge acoustic pressure wave therapy that breaks up scar tissue, enhances healing, gets rid of pain fast. Most patients are better in three five-minute sessions. No prescription needed to get started. Call them at 800-518-0977 or trinity-rehab.com. They're here for you. Isn't it time to start feeling better and have no pain? Call Trinity Rehab with locations in Newtown, Doylestown, and Newtown Square. You know they have locations all around New Jersey like Somerset, Short Hills, Wayne Wall, and Wyckoff. And check out the newest locations in Hackensack and the Cherry Hill. We are the Garden State's Hours on New Jersey 101.5. Listen, we Days for the Jersey Cash Code Words. Enter them on our app every eight every hour, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. There are new chances to win up to $10,000. Thanks to our sponsor, the all-new Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app, Bet Parks. It's go time, baby. The $10,000 Jersey Cash Codes Contest on New Jersey 101.5. Steve Trebleese. Shooting on the Brooklyn subway today, 29 people injured. They're all going to be okay. They got the guy, thank God. Uh, could it have been prevented if more people were allowed to carry responsible gun owners who pass tests, not the wild, wild west? What do you think? Or do we need even stricter gun laws? Mike is in Manahawkin on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Mike. Hey, what's happening? You are. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. And ten percent. I think if the uh, responsible civilians were able to carry concealed, I think any criminal would have to think twice before they committed their crime. Unfortunately, and you see this every time there's an unfortunate incident like this, it's it's really it's this political PR where they come out and they, they talk about reforming gun laws, and you know criminals aren't going down and getting legal firearms to do this. No, and, th- and this is the thing. Okay, this is the governor today, right? Uh, governor Kathy Huckle at a Brooklyn press conference linked the attack to the rising tide of gun violence. But all she could do is say, stop the insanity of these crimes. What does that do? What does no, that do? 
I don't think you'll ever see a politician back that because they'd be afraid of all the, the votes they would lose the next time they run for office. And I don't understand that because do you feel protected, you know, in a situation where only the bad guys can get guns? I had a conversation with a woman about this exact topic, and I have two young daughters. And I asked the woman, I said, if you were able to conceal carry a weapon and know that if you were someplace where an active shooter came in, you could protect your family, would you? And she said she wouldn't. And I, I couldn't wrap my head around that. Well, you know what? It, it may be the right thing to say, but I don't think it's the right thing to do. And, and again, what, you know, what do you do when you're in that situation? And also, you got to remember that there are all the laws would still exist. If the responsible gun owner did shoot, there would be an investigation. There would be police. There would be an arrest. There would be crime. You know, there, a crime has been committed. It's still illegal to shoot somebody, whether you're responsible or not. There would be, in other words, there'd be a, an investigation would have to follow. But right now, you know, it's it's fish in a barrel with a guy with a gun, and no one else is allowed to have one. Mike, thanks for the call. Let's get uh, Rob in Kempton, Pennsylvania, on New Jersey 101.5. Where is Kempton, Pennsylvania, Rob? Oh, it's about 30 miles north of Allentown. Oh, okay. But I get your station real good, and I don't know why, but I love it. That's because uh, you, you must be pointing south. I guess and so. the north wind must be blowing through, your, through the shades and the, and the drapes in your bedroom. Go ahead. I'm lucky, I guess. Yeah, that's what it is. Go ahead. But I just want to make a comment. I mean, I have a, I have a permit to carry a concealed weapon. Right. And actually, you don't really need to have a permit if you want to just carry it, and like, you know, on unconcealed. Actually, you can walk up and down the street if you want. But when you're in a crowded space mm. like this subway, you have to think a body is only flesh, water, bones. You don't want to shoot that person and, and, and end up the bullet goes through another person, an innocent bystander. Okay, you know? but what about – I'm not saying you shoot. I'm saying you can't. You have one because now the guy has to think. I may not be the only guy on this train with a gun, and the guy didn't worry about the flesh, water, and bone when he started shooting twenty-nine people. I understand, but that guy is already a little messed up in the head, and I don't think he cares who has else who a gun. Okay, so maybe if the guy, if the same guy got the guy, maybe around seven or eight. 20, you know, 17 could be saved. I mean, I, I, we just put, you know, you know, saying we're playing semantics here. What, yeah. You know, what do you, you know, Even in that I'm situation, ready, I'm ready to shoot. I'm ready to do that. I'm ready to defend my family, but that's in my house or something where I know my family's upstairs or away. But when you shoot at somebody, you have to realize that bullet might go through that person and hit somebody else. Yeah. And it's that. It's a very, live with that. it's a very good point. Rob, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. Greg, Avi, AV, hold on. New Jersey 101.5. Oh, yeah. We'll talk to you until 11 o'clock tonight. Steve Trevelis. Here on New Jersey 101.5, go to nj1015.com. Two great stories I put up today about the uh, concert for Ukraine, the New Jersey concert for Ukraine that happened at Jenkinson's over the weekend. I talked to Mayor Paul Kanitra, who called last night and told the story of uh, how he went 
to the Polish-Ukraine border and helped the refugees and the stories and the things that he's seen there. And we supplemented it with pictures that he was kind enough to send me. Also, Eddie Testa talked about the concert on Sunday at Jenkinson's and lots of pictures of that as well. Uh, coming up at 9, Cindy Williams, Shirley from Laverne and Shirley, Shamil, Shamazel. As in fact, Incorporated, coming up at 9. After that, uh, Uncle Floyd calls in at 10. We'll be talking about Gilbert Gottfried, who passed away. We lost him today after a long illness at the age of 67. Gilbert memories. Uh, I will have a lot for you tomorrow. Uh, we found some stuff. Uh, the interview that I had done with Gilbert, I put on Facebook. He'd been on the show many times. Uh, I was fortunate enough to work with him many times. And uh, always a great guy. We'll talk about that later on. But right now, uh, we we had a shooting in a Brooklyn subway today. 29 people, thank God, are all going to recover. Uh, kudos to the New York Fire Department, the police, the first responders, uh, transit authority, who went in there not knowing what to expect, what was going to happen. And we hear about uh, when things like this happen, we need stricter gun laws. We need stricter gun laws. Governor Kathy Hochul at a Brooklyn press conference, stop the insanity of these crimes. Well, how do we do that? You know, uh, she's saying that there's a rising tide of gun violence across the city. Well, how do we do that? And is uh, stricter gun laws the answer, or would carry be the answer? Carry by responsible gun owners who have to pass a series of tests, who maybe have background checks, whatever, but be able to carry. If someone's getting on a train with a gun, thinking there may be someone else on the train with a gun, and I may not come out of this very well, would they still get on that train? Now, you're assuming that everyone who gets on the train is completely deranged with a suicide mission. Not everybody's like that. I don't know. I don't think. Uh, let's talk to A.V. in Livingston on New Jersey 101.5. A.V., what are you thinking? Hey, Avi. Hi, Savi. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. I think responsible gun ownership is the answer, and we should issue more carry permits, which is impossible to get in New Jersey. Remember that guy in Texas in the church where he took one shot and he prevented a mass shooting. Right. That's what we need more of. Just the thought that it could happen. You know, the thought that before somebody, you know, tries to pull anything like this, that they may not make it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I agree with you, Avi. Thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. Greg's in Freehold on New Jersey 101.5. What's up, kiddo? Hey, Steve. So I think you're right, and the last caller was right. The um, concealed carry is a uh, a solution to this, not a perfect one. There is no perfect solution, right? And all the gun laws in the world won't do a thing. Even if every gun maker went out of business tomorrow, there are still hundreds of millions of guns, and the only ones carrying them are the criminals. We made right? it possible in New Jersey. for only the bad guys to get the guns. Right. So, And cops always show up after the fact. No matter how heroic, they're not there 95% of the time when the crime is happening. So a responsible gun owner could put down a mass shooter or any shooter before a mass shooting turns into one, right? And if you look at the, the big cities where, the, where crime is the worst, gun shootings are the worst, Chicago and D.C., they have the strictest gun laws. Connecticut has the strictest gun laws, and Newtown still happened up there, right? We had a, right. We had a, a, a ban on assault weapons for 10 years from 94 to 04, and we still had lots of shootings, in, including Columbine, right? So these laws never do anything, and there is no perfect solution. There's no great solution that's, that anyone will come up with that will stop all the mass shootings. 
or any shootings, the best solution is to let people be armed so at least you have a, a fighting chance to return fire and at least a, a criminal will think twice before committing a crime if 20% of the population is carrying at all times. And they're trained marksmen. And you know what I mean? Not just willy-nilly Wild yeah. West. Yeah. And and that's right. And the idea right. of what you said at the end of that, that to deter the guy from, from pulling something like that, thinking, I may not make it. I may not be the only guy on a train with a gun. This is not a good idea. Right. And in New Jersey, unfortunately, this is never going to happen, which is why I can't wait to get out of here, because liberals feel that guns are evil. Right. But, but I don't get the rationale here. I mean, that's the thing. I don't get the, ra the rationale here. It's completely illogical. But you, you can find studies that show that the higher the gun ownership, the higher the murders and that kind of thing. But it's, it's really torturing the statistics to look at it that way. Read a book by Dr. John Lott, L-O-T-T, -T, More Guns, Less Crime. Or he's got a couple of books, and it really has great information about guns and statistics and how every single gun law is useless. And um, we're better off with more people carrying concealed uh, in a legal sense than we are with a disarmed population. All right, Greg, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. My thought here is very simple. You know, would someone else carry, who was carrying on that train, could that be enough to stop the guy? Not that, he, that they're going to pull out the gun and shoot, not that there's any kind of, you know, but in a situation where you got a guy going off crazy, shooting 29 people, then maybe, yeah, someone does need to take a shot. Someone needs to cut that number down. Greg and Bridgewater on the app chat, you are absolutely right. Feinstein once said that if a criminal broke into a house and found out no one had a gun, they would put theirs away. The most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. In my experience, criminals have no conscience. Instead, they have a sense of entitlement to take what others have earned. In that situation, they view the people at home as nothing more than sitting ducks. All right, what do you think? one 800 We have a Brooklyn shooter on a subway, 29 people. They're going to be all right. Uh, they got the guy. But do you think that if more people were allowed to legally carry responsible gun owners, that things like this wouldn't happen? Or do you think what we need is yet even more gun control? And if it is, make the argument. 1-800-283-101.5. I'm Steve Trevelace, and uh, I got to tell you, here's New Jersey 101.5 Fast Traffic. SellYourCardNow.com. SellYourCardNow wants to buy your car. Visit SellYourCardNow.com. Enter your license plate number and get your quote. That's it. Looking for a new car? Save on a new Jeep during their Jeep celebration event. And visit SellYourCardNow.com. Steve Trevelis. 1-800-283-101.5. Would stricter gun laws have uh, stopped the subway shooter in Brooklyn today? Would more people being allowed to carry have done the trick? 1-800-283-101.5. Let's talk to Maria in Manahawkin on New Jersey 101.5. Hi, Maria. Hi, Steve. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Um, I was born in Manhattan, and my dad was a New York City cop. And um, at that time, they always had to carry a gun on them, even if they were off duty and they had to live in New York. And um, I just always remember feeling safe with him because I knew, you know, that he always had the gun on him. And um, I, I, me and my brother both um, have guns and, you know, uh, it takes forever to get them in New Jersey. I wish we had, um, you know, carry. 
But I definitely agree with you. I think, um, as you said, they, you know, these people are not all fearless. Maybe some of them are crazy, but some of them, you know, they will think twice if they know that other people might be carrying. That's the main point, because the other shoot of this is that the responsible gun owner armed on the, uh, you know, on the train would have to fire the gun, be put in that position or possibly firing the gun. Because if you take your gun out and he's and the other guy's got a gun, somebody's going to be shooting. So, you know, you have to be totally ready and prepared and face the legality of it. You know, you're not going to be, uh, you know, uh, free. To, you know, you don't get uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Clemency. You know, there's, yeah. there's more to it than that. But, yeah, I think that, you know, would we be safer? But the main my main my main thought here is very simple. I'm not doing this if I could get killed in the process right now. They don't think that way because they can't unless the police come and do it. You know, unless, you know, you stay on long enough. But in that moment, 29 people got shot today. Yeah, it, it's horrible. I mean, and, and these politicians. They, you know, contribute to some of this. They meant, you know, whoever called before was talking about some of these cities, Chicago and stuff. And, you know, they've been catching people that have guns and they let them go. And these people have guns illegally. And, um, you know, but then they want to come after people that are responsible gun owners. Yeah, exactly. They've been positioned as the bad guy, the responsible gun owner. Maria, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. Rod is in freehold on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Rod. Hey, how are you doing, sir? Good. How are you doing? And I'm doing fine. You know, I've been listening to so many of these gun stories for so long, and I'm. it's so obvious that you have to learn to just grow up and take full responsibility for your own life. That's it's. But that, it's about it's, the law, right? It's not about you. You may feel that, but the law has to allow you to take If You're talking about carrying a gun. The law has to allow that, and the law doesn't right now. But, you know, I really think that you have to live for more than just the law. It has to be. But you have to abide by the law. Much more than that. Yeah, but, Rod, you have to abide by the law. We live by laws, so we have to abide by the laws. I know, but the U.S. Constitution has already made it a law that it is your God-given right to carry a weapon when you need to survive. Okay. And I don't know why people always want to debate whether or not you should feel free to defend your own life. Because, you know, if you're going to keep having a law that's just going to make you comfortable all the damn time, you're just, you're not, it just shows that you're not really having the will to grow up, to be a real adult here. Well, are you done now? Are you putting that on the lawmakers or are you putting that on the people? Because the people have to follow the law or they get penalized. This comes down to the lawmakers. Right? Yeah, because I really, I think I really do feel like the lawmakers are responsible for all this, all these problems happening. They should never have challenged the Constitution. They should never have challenged freedom itself. That was wrong. All right, Rod, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. Mike is in Clinton on New Jersey 101.5. Mike, what are you thinking? Uh, What I'm thinking is absolutely... uh, concealed carry for law-abiding trained citizens receiving something at the same level of training as police officers get absolutely should be allowed to carry even mayor adams in new york is a retired captain carry and i see no reason why a citizen and and, and obviously there's the deterrent value uh i mean it's a um 
if they didn't know, I'm not saying everyone should carry your gun because, you know, I mean, not everyone wants to carry one. Right. But I think those that want to carry it should be. And like I said, the, the, the criminals then won't know. And they got to be responsible, right? And they got to know what they're doing. And they've got to pass a series of tests, you know. So, yeah, you don't just give them to anybody. Somebody, but, you know, they've, they've got, there's got to be a process. I, well, I'm a retired cop. So, I mean, the, it's about, I remember, I'm really retired. I came on in 1974. But the. Boy, are you retired. What's that? I said, boy, are you retired. Yeah, you got it. But I mean, I was a cop and I came on in 74. I retired like in about 10 years ago. But the, uh, but in any event, it, 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 back then it was like 80 hours of training right. uh, that you received. And, and it, it's constitutional training when you can use it, when you can't. Uh, you're, you know, qualifying. Even now as a retired cop, I still can carry. You know, I have to go qualify twice a year. I have to submit paperwork in Jersey. And I, and by the way, I, even though I can carry, I rarely do, almost never. <laughs> but, it, it, but, it's, but I, I'm just thinking that every law-abiding citizen should have that right, and I, and I can't see where it has anything other than a deterrent value. I mean, it, it, it's uh, hopefully, you know, I mean, God forbid nobody ever wants to use a gun, but if you're ever put in a position, it, it's, it's a, a last, an option of last resort. If you, you know, so, yeah. And is a deterrent against anybody else yeah. who would get on a plane? I mean, who would get on a train with a gun? You never know who else has that gun. Mike, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. 1-800-283-101.5. Thank God everybody got out all right. You know, 29 people were injured. Everyone's going to recover. Uh, but a guy got on a guy got on a Brooklyn train today and uh, to open up his knapsack. They got a smoke bomb, they got a gun, started shooting, and there was nothing anybody can do about it. The gunman put on a gas mask, opened the canister, releasing smoke into the subway cars that pulled into the 36th Street Station at Sunset Park section of Brooklyn, and then opened fire. Uh, they got the guy. But if anyone else was on that train who was able, licensed, allowed to carry, could that have happened? Or would that have happened? Or would the gunman figured, you know what, would he have thought twice? Would that have been a deterrent? And based on that point, should we allow people to carry? Should we allow people to carry uh, responsible gun owners? And again, could be cops, like we just heard, could be military, could be whatever. Trained professionals. And again, all the laws would apply. That if you do pull that gun out, you know, there's going to be uh, there's going there's to be an investigation. You have to abide by the law. Again, not the Wild West. And again, you know, not the most popular opinion because uh, people call when things like this happen for more gun control. Does more gun control have it? The governor of New York, you know, what do you do? How do you combat this governor of New York? Well, they just say, stop the insanity of these crimes. And she links the attack to the rising tide of gun violence across the city. How do you stop gun violence across the city? Do you make it harder for the gunmen to get guns illegally? I mean, legally? Because I don't think they're getting these guns legally. Do you? Are you as naive as the governor of New York? That's why we're in Jersey. We're smarter than that. 1-800-283-101.5. I'm Steve Trevelis. It's 830. 
Now the latest New Jersey news from it. Weather made possible by Veteran Care Services. Did you know that senior veterans and their spouses may qualify for a veteran pension plan that can pay up to $2,200 a month for your medical care? See if you or a loved one qualifies. Call Veteran Care Services now at 1-888-E-VETERANS. Steve Travelace, 1-800-283-101.5. Brooklyn subway shooter. They have a person of interest. They haven't got the guy, but they have a person of interest. Uh, that's what I'm told by Chad. So uh, 29 people are going to recover. They got injured shooting victims. Uh, your thoughts? Should there have been people on that train that were be allowed to carry? Or do we need stricter gun laws? Derek is in Middlesex County under Jersey 101.5. Hi, Derek. Yeah, hi. Good evening. Good evening. Yeah, so uh, the lawmakers need to get this under control, right? Right. So infringing on citizens' rights not to feel their own safety and security is the problem. Concealed carry is a major deterrent. I had it in Virginia. I'm up here now. I can tell you right now, a criminal is going to think twice. Because if it's in the back of his mind, as small as his brain may be, that there's a good guy with a gun, he may think twice, he may save his own life and everybody else. That's my thought. Lastly, lastly, if the lawmakers don't get this under control, the good citizens themselves, maybe not tomorrow, maybe not next week, they will get it under control. But isn't it better that the lawmakers get it under control? Thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. But again, you know, it's just you see this. So you turn to leadership. And leadership in New York is Governor Kathy Hochul, who uh, basically says, uh, stop the insanity of these crimes. Okay, well, how do we do that? What do you, what do you have in mind, Gov? <laughs> really? Stop the insanity. Are we going to yell? What are we going to do? Uh, let's talk to Greg in Cranford on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Greg. How you doing, Steve? Good. What are you thinking? Yeah, so uh, obviously there's a big vacuum of leadership in the Democratic Party. Um, but in New Jersey, fortunately, we have great people like Senator Ed Durr, who in March last month sponsored Bill S-1801 to remove um, justifiable need from this state's concealed carry laws. Okay. So that means that it will return the power for ordinary citizens to uh, have their Second Amendment rights and have concealed carry in, in New Jersey. And that could stop situations like this. That would exactly. be a deterrent. Someone's going to have to worry, you know, if they decide to take a gun into a public place, that someone else may have a gun in that public place. Yes. Yeah. And, and of course, everything else that happens, and Greg, thanks for the call, you know, uh, Still comes into play. The legalities of the issue still come into play. You pull out that gun, there's going to be explanations, there's going to be investigations. Jimmy's in Cranford on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Jimmy. Hey, good evening. How are you? I'm good, Jimmy. How are you doing? I am well. I, I think the bigger picture being missed here is the accessibility to the criminal element to obtain these weapons. These, they have their girlfriends, they have friends going down south and purchasing guns in pawn shops four or five at a time. We're not going to stop that. Cross, but, right, you are going to stop that. How? 
the per- the purchasing of weapons needs to be better controlled through the federal government, which it's not. Okay, but again, to walk to walk into a pawn shop and purchase four guns for no apparent reason, you purchase them in Virginia. They end up in New York. They end up in New Jersey. But you can also buy guns illegally, right? The ones that well, yes, they're brought across state lines and then purchased illegally by the criminal element at a price that's insane. They're purchasing down there two or three hundred dollars, and they get up to New York, New Jersey. Those same handguns become eight hundred, a thousand dollars. Okay, so what's so, so what's your solution? Why do handguns need to be purchased in pawn shops? These weapons should be controlled through the federal government. A checks and balances system put in place for the purchase of. And yeah. let's face it. There's no, there's no one beside law enforcement and hunters who really need handguns. There would still be people who would be able to get them illegally, right? Of course, and then that leaves and that, and that, and that leaves the problem. You know, unless you can eliminate all kinds of illegal gun sales, you're still going to have the problem because people well, and, are going to be able the to have them, and, and honest people will not be able to have them. Right, but and then the the criminal justice system is failing too because. People are arrested in possession of illegal handguns, and two days later, they walk on the street pending their trial. Well, that's another thing. And that goes for so many things. You know, that goes for so many things. When you hear about the criminal act being committed, and then you see what the punishment is, and you shake your head. You know, uh, hazing gets you probation. Really? You know, sexual assault gets you probation. What? Uh, So, yeah, I mean, that's a different story. I get that. In the state of New Jersey, possession of a, an illegal possession of a handgun gets you more often than not three years prison sentence, of which you do one and you walk out the door. One year possessing a firearm. Okay, but you know what? Even that one year would be enough to deter a lot of people. Jimmy, thanks for the call. Sean's in Doylestown on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Sean. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? Good, good, good. So I was a bit like uh, one of the previous callers. I was a New York City uh, police officer, uh, and uh, thank you, you know there, there's a, there's a lot of you know misinformation and myths about the, the you know these uh, um, guns used by criminals. You know the vast majority of ones that are used in crimes are actually you, you know they they get sold between criminals. Right. So like you know we would lock a guy up with a gun. And they would they would do the ballistic tests and stuff like that, and whammo, they'd find out that the thing was used in five different shootings. Right. So the idea you know? of legal gun sales is off the table. Right. Right. So so I mean you know you know I mean the only thing that's going to stop that is I hate to say it, but you know stop and frisk aggressive policing. You know, but uh, the other thing is like you guys have been getting at and um, is and I think this goes back to the old west. But they're saying that an armed society is a polite society. And, you know, it goes to what everybody's been saying that, yeah, if people can carry, you know, that, that it, it's definitely a deterrent. You know, you always have to, if you're a bad guy, you're thinking about doing something, you always have to think, oh, shoot, you know. Who's... There may be a good guy who's better with a gun yeah. than I am. Right. Yeah, and you right. know what? Like, you're an ex-cop. So if ex-cops are allowed to carry then they know the law. They know what they can and can't do in that situation. And I'll tell you, if I got an ex-cop on that train, I'd want him to be armed. Oh, absolutely. Because he's my only shot at, you know, he's my shot at survival. More so right. than, than trying to talk the guy down, which is all right. you've got since we're not allowed to have guns. Right, so, yeah. right. And, you know, statistically, um, 
I believe it's between 250,000 and and half a million times a year. This is from the CDC, the Center of Disease Control. Right. Legal gun o- owners stop a crime or save a life that many times per year. It, you know, depending on the year. It's a lot. But Man. you never hear about that in the news, you know. And in the vast majority of cases, I think it's about 98%. All they have to do is display the gun. They don't even have to. They don't have to aim it. They don't have to shoot it. You know. So it's, it's usually it's, it's usually enough. Absolutely. Right. And right. thanks for the call to New Jersey one hundred one point five. You know, if the governor is saying uh, linking this shooting to increased gun violence, something's going to have to be done. Your thoughts? One 1015 Finally, the weather's getting warmer. And bonus, we can actually go outside and get moving. More places to go. More things to do. More little lakes and pains to discover because, well, you haven't been moving. Well, you need to call Trinity Rehab. What are you waiting for? Trinity Rehab can help, and now is the time. Give them a call at 800-518-0977 or go to trinity-rehab.com. They have the EPAP machine, which most places don't have. It's cutting-edge acoustic pressure wave therapy that breaks up scar tissue enhances healing gets rid of pain fast most patients are better in three five-minute sessions no prescription needed to get started call them at 800-518-0977 or trinity-rehab.com they're here for you isn't it time to start feeling better and have no pain call trinity rehab with locations in newtown doylestown and newtown square you know they have locations all around new jersey like somerset short hills wayne wall and wyckoff and check out their newest locations in hackensack and cherry hill all jersey Brother, brought to you by NJ Spine and Wellness. NJ Spine and Wellness is your team of experts in neck and back pain. Visit the orthopedic and pain management specialist at NJSW.com or call 877-333-NJSW to learn more about how you can relieve pain and get better faster today. NJSW.com. Steve Trevelis. All right, Cindy Williams, you know her as Shirley from Laverne and Shirley. Shamil, Shlomazel, Hassan Beth Incorporated. Uh, me, myself, and Shirley is uh, going to be the play down at the Bucks County Playhouse. We'll be giving away tickets for it tomorrow night on Trevia, uh, along with uh, the Cabanaro experience. Uh, Michael Cabanaro is going to be coming on uh, Thursday at nine. He's going to be at the uh, NJ Pack. So we got some uh, we got some great things to get rid of on uh, Trevia and Jersey's opening lines. Did you see what he said? Get rid of? I don't know. Uh, and Jim and I will be here tomorrow night. Johnny Watson will be here tomorrow night. Mark Rigadon is going to be here tomorrow night. Julia Scotty's going to be here tomorrow night. So a good time shall be had by all. But right now, a sad time. Gilbert Gottfried passed away at the age of 67. It shocked me. It shocked a lot of people. We'll be talking uh, after 9 o'clock. Uncle Floyd's going to call in at 10 o'clock. He and Gilbert work together uh, on the Cosby Show, of all things. They also, we did a show together, the three of us, at the Broadway Playhouse. I'm sorry, the Broadway Theater in Pittman, New Jersey, back uh, the night before Easter on, uh, I think it was 20, had to be 2019, right, pre-pandemic. And what was cool about it, it was with the whole thing with the Kate Smith statue was going on. Uh, 400 people the night before Easter. What an incredible night. What an incredible show. Uh, but that's anytime you talk to Gilbert, anytime you saw Gilbert, it was an incredible show. So one one eight hundred two eight three one zero one point five is the number. If you go on nj1015.com, you'll see the two posts I put up on the concert for the Ukraine. One, an interview with Mayor Paul Kanitra, who uh, went to the Polish-Ukraine border 
and help the refugees and what he saw there and all the pictures he gave me that are in the blog that are you know being shared now, as well as Sunday's concert. With all the great Asbury, you know, and Jersey Shore rockers, Southside Johnny, Eddie Testa, uh, all there, Steve Forbert, uh, so many people, uh, Bobby Bandera. So uh, you want to check that out as well. As for the subway shooter in Brooklyn, uh, came down this afternoon, guy gets on a train and uh, puts on a gas mask. And next thing you know, uh, it gets ugly. 29 people get shot. Thank God they're going to recover. Uh, Jersey law enforcement is increasing security, staying in touch with officials in New York. They uh, have a person of interest in this. And my question is what we've been talking about for the last two hours. Would being able to carry have made a difference? So that if someone gets on that train with a gun, they have to worry about if someone else is on that train with a gun as well. Someone... Maybe a retired police officer, maybe a current police officer, maybe a retired military, maybe gun enthusiast who uh, is used to and loves, you know, playing with guns and is good at it. Uh, would you want to take that chance? The mayor, I'm sorry, the governor of New York uh, really doesn't have a plan for this. The best the governor of New York can come up with is uh, basically stop the insanity. Yeah, okay. Agreed. And what is the plan to stop the insanity? That's why they elected the mayor. And elect the mayor. The mayor just kind of stepped into it because the other mayor also stepped into it <laughs> in a different way, of course. But 1-800-283-101.5. This is uh, the problem that we have to deal with because it's going to get worse as far as um, gun violence, because tensions are at an all-time high. And uh, the governor acknowledged this this afternoon at a press conference in Brooklyn. All right, 1-800-283-101.5. Steve Trevelace, Cindy Williams, coming up. Stick around. If it's happening in New Jersey. Five, five, six, seven, eight, Shlemiel, Shlemazo, Hassan-Beth Incorporated. Ah, where have we heard that before? We're looking at Milwaukee, but here we sit in New Jersey. And Shirley Feeney, Cindy Williams, me, myself, and Shirley is going to be coming to the Bucks County Playhouse. And uh, you're going to want to get tickets. We got her on right now. She's going to be coming on uh, April 23rd and 24th. And she joins us now. Hi, Cindy. How are you? I'm great, Steve. How are ya? You know, I can't believe I'm talking to you. You know, I grew up watching you. Uh, first of all, uh, you have a great Jersey story, which I hear. Uh, is this going to be told into Me, Myself, and Shirley? It's not told in Me, Myself, and Shirley, but I, I should. It involves Ron Howard and Sissy Spacek. And I do have Ron in the show. Uh-huh some clips, but I didn't, uh, I don't tell this story about my, at Bronze and mine and Sissy's adventure in, from, in Vineland, New Jersey. Vineland? What happened? 
Well, we were doing a movie of the week called The Migrants with Cloris Leachman, Ed Lauder, and Ron, myself, and Sissy. And we got the van one night. Uh, we had the night off, the day off. Yeah. And so Ron and I wanted to go for a drive because we'd never been to New Jersey before either of us. <laughs> okay. So Sissy wanted to go. Sissy wanted to go, but she was really tired. Right. And she sat in the back and kind of laid down. And uh we headed toward Atlantic City, <laughs> and uh, we got to Atlantic City and ended up in some area, finally, that, uh, where there was, we pulled up into a parking space, and it was the Labu Lodge. The Labu Lodge. The Labu Lodge. We met the Labu Lodge, and we were totally mesmerized by that. And then we figured we'd better get back home, uh-huh. and we quickly got lost. And so... <laughs> We're out in the woods, it seemed like, and we find this um, bar, this pub, whatever it was. Right. And uh, it had, it, we pull up in the driveway, and these guys come shooting out the door, and they're having a big argument. All we wanted to do was ask, ask for directions back to Vineland. Anyway, <laughs> we, we, we got out of the car, and we both just looked as innocent as we could, and we said, excuse us, could, could you kindly tell us where how to get the vine back to Vineland <laughs> and they stopped what their little fist fight right. and they um and they they told us you know you go out here you make a left and then you make a jug handle at the first turn you make a jug handle <laughs> and then you travel and you're going to pick up and whatever highway it was and we're, we're nodding our heads and we get back into the car and we go out of the parking lot and I said and Ron turns to me and says so what's a jug handle and I said I have no idea so we just I said I guess it's a handle on a jug anyway sissy was sound asleep in the back seat this whole time and I have a picture of her somewhere sleeping back there but we made it home and that was our adventure from <laughs> From uh, Vineland to Atlantic City and back again with the Labu Lodge and whatever that um, that bar was. Whatever that, which shall remain nameless. And, and now you know what a jug handle is, right? Now we know, Ron and I know what a jug handle is. We should have schooled Sissy right. uh, in that when she woke up, but we didn't. So it was, uh, it, but it's, you know, I was amazed that New Jersey was such a, Beautiful. It's called the Garden State, right? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, because there are many beautiful gardens and and uh, and shrubbery in New Jersey. <laughs> you know, when people think of New Jersey, no, really, Steve. Mm-hmm. When people think of New Jersey who have never been there. They think a city, a bustling city, and lots of uh, drama going on, which there is, but. They don't think of it as, you know, these beautiful farms and just beautiful countryside. And um, Yeah. Now, you're... producer of a lot of food. Sure. Absolutely. The best food, Cindy. You're going to love it. The best food comes from New Jersey. Have them bring it over to Bucks County. You're going to love it. The... Okay. I'll do that, Steve. Now, you and Ron Howard, you know, you go back a long way. I mean, there was American Graffiti, which basically launched the two of you uh, into uh, Love and the Happy Days, into Happy Days. Uh, first of all, I got to ask you... Uh, what was it like to deck them in the show, and how many times did you do that take when you smacked them? Remember, remember the date scene? Yes, and you know something, Ron talks about that with great pride. He said we only did it once, and um, and you know he would he just really 
<laughs> he always talks about that, how that punch looks so real. And actually, I, I have that in the show. Yeah. I have uh, that film clip in the show. And uh, it really does look darn good. I yeah. have to give it that. You got a good shot there. You got a good hook. Now, happy days. It started for you, you know, oh, of course, after American Graffiti, of course, you know, happy days. How happy was happy days? You always hear great stories about the set. How happy was happy days? Happy days was very happy. It was happy, happy. Happy, happy. happy days. Um, but no, everybody on happy on the happy days set was, um, you know, the whole cast was, they were just like a, um, a wonderful team, you know, a lot of camaraderie. We had that on our set, but we had, um, you know, Penny and I are both Italian and we, we locked horns every now and then. Yeah. And, uh, and, and it was rumored that the cast of, cause they were right next door to us. Their soundstage, we were just, um, divided by a door right. basically. And, uh, they did this one thing at a cast party where they, they filmed the cast of Happy Days putting their ears up to the door to listen to Penny and me squabble. <laughs> and there was a lot of that. And we did. We were very operatic. Yeah. You know, you two were the Lucy and Ethel of the 70s. The physical comedy that you did, and, uh, you know, it, it was the top show of its era. Uh, you know, how hard was it? To be able to do that week after week, what are some of the things, some of the contortions, contraptions they got you into? Well, we both, you know, we wanted a big show. We both loved physical comedy, and we were big fans of, uh, you know, of Sid Caesar, Imogene Coca, Jackie Gleason, um, the Honeymooners, and, and cartoons, and we loved physical comedy and uh we both did it and we we started out with great energy and you know we can do this and then it it got to be grueling because it, it um it was a lot of energy expelled during the week and we did the show like a little play we started at the beginning when the audience came in at the top of the show and did it all the way through in, in order so that the audience could enjoy it like that and um, respond to it like that. And usually there was a big um, physical scene and it was usually at the end of the show. And we tried to, we just mark that. We had the old Lucille Ball, uh, Desi Arnaz um, crew, the camera crew. And it was, it was, oh, he had Desi, Desi Arnaz had invented this way to follow Lucille Ball around because she moved so much. He put the cameras up on these dollies mm -hmm. that um, the camera crew would push. The camera operator would be on top, sitting on top. And then the, um, the, the crew member would push the camera and follow her. And so Penny and I, well, we had that same crew and that same technique that, and we, um, were very grateful for it because we moved around a lot, but it was so exhausting that we would just mark where we're going to be and show them the camera crew. We're going to run over here. Then we're going to throw a ball here, uh -huh. not catch it there and go back. And, and so, um, we wouldn't do it until we actually had to run the scene. So, um, that's sort of, 
how we did it at the end of the show when we had the big the big physical scene or whenever it was. We'd just run it once for the audience because we didn't want them to wait there while we, you know, wow. the whole scene up again. All in one so, take. That's amazing. That is amazing. Well, we, we, we tried to do it. It was, we were, well, we got very tired. In fact, the last... Uh, the last season of the show that I was on, Penny and I were talking, I said, isn't there a way that maybe we could get in a car accident <laughs> episode and we're in hospital beds and we do the entire season? <laughs> I love tired. that. <laughs> talking with Cindy Williams, Shirley from Laverne and Shirley. Uh, one woman show, me, myself, and Shirley coming to the Bucks County Playhouse. That's going to be April 23rd and 24th. Cindy, thanks so much for coming on. Really looking forward to the show. Oh, Steve, thank you so much for having me. It's so much fun talking with you. Oh, take care, Cindy. Thanks again for calling. All right, how about that? Here's fast traffic. Cousins Seafood Clam Bar. Cousins Seafood Clam Bar is open the second location in New Brunswick. Come in today and enjoy the highest quality seafood and delicious dining in a beautiful new two-story space. Enjoy all your favorites at Cousins Seafood Clam Bar in an original Marlboro location or now in New Brunswick. Right, 1-800-283-101.5 is the number. I'm Steve Trevelis. And sadly, we lost, uh, we lost a comedy icon today. Gilbert Gottfried, out of nowhere, I get a text from my good friend, Mary Jo. He passed at the age of 67, took everyone by shock, uh, got lots of um, comics been talking on Twitter. Eric Potts is going to come on in just a second. I just want to get Jared's been waiting for half an hour in Doylestown. Jared, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great, Steve. How are you? All right. Can you believe this, Jared? It's crazy. It's crazy. I, you know... It, Listen, we just we just lost Bob Saget. Yeah, you know, and um, and then Gilbert Godfrey. I mean, like Bob was something different. It, you know, I, I I honestly I didn't realize that that Gilbert Godfrey was sixty seven. I had no idea. You know, yeah, he was he was sixty seven. He was such a nice man. You know, I mean, on stage, he was hysterical, and you look at his resume, and he had some of the dirtiest jokes ever. I think right now, as I tweeted out, uh, I think St. Peter is saying to him, so what do you call your act, <laughs> as he's about to say, the aristocrats, right? Uh, yeah, and yet, you look at his resume, and there's Disney movies, <laughs> all these cartoons and stuff. It was amazing. He's the bird in Aladdin. Yeah. You know, like. He was amazing. Jared, we have the memories. We have the memories. He had a very distinct voice. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's what made, one of the many things that made him so good. Jared, thanks for the call. Eric Potts, can you believe we lost Gilbert Gottfried? No, it's, uh, it was shocking to me when I, when I saw it. Uh, I couldn't believe it. You opened I mean, your I, first big gig was opening for Gilbert Gottfried. I came to Sarcasm to see him perform, and you said, hey, do you want to do 10 minutes before uh, Gilbert? I hadn't done 10 minutes of comedy ever, uh -huh. and, uh, and you, you got me up there to do it, and uh, it, was, it was fun. I met him. And then I worked with them five other times after that. Nicest guy yeah. in the world. That was called throwing you in the deep end. <laughs> we're yeah, going to no teach Eric how to swim. Go! Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but, uh, he, you know, every time I worked with him, he was, uh, 
totally different than the person you saw on stage. Just very quiet, very nice, very accommodating. I'm a comedy nobody, but he never made me feel that way. You know, it's funny because, you know, when when you work with Gilbert, when you hired Gilbert, you know, Gilbert's deal, you know, you had to go get Gilbert, of course. And part of the deal was also, you know, you had to buy him dinner, which was no problem. But... Whenever you give him the menu, oh, thank you very much. If it's all right with you, I will have this for an appetizer and this for a salad. And he was so like, like you were doing him this huge favor. And then when the food came, you know, it was so good. Thank you very much. And and he was so, like, you're right, he was so nice, so accommodating. And he would get on stage. And I'm going to play some Jekyll of the clips. Hyde. Yeah, Jekyll and Hyde, and so friggin' funny that he would hurt you. I mean, he he. I listened today. I listened to uh, Sergio put out the uh, post I did when we would do, when we did uh, Joey Harrison's place together uh, down in uh, down the shore, and I had him on. And uh, you know, what do you like most about New Jersey? In fact, I'll give you a quick clip right now. Hold on, this is funny. Uh, let me just get it queued up here. Here we go. What's the best thing to ever happen to you in Jersey? Uh, leaving. <laughs> uh, basically, uh, when whenever I leave Jersey, that's like a cause for celebration. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? <laughs> He would be so spontaneous. Well, you know, yeah, he was he was quick. No, he was absolutely quick. And uh, and like you said, when when whenever he got on stage. He, I mean, he was dirty. He was a dirty comic. He right. said he said some really dirty jokes, but my God, he made it so funny. And you would just, you'd find yourself rolling in the aisles. And his take of the aristocrats is one of the funniest I've ever seen. This video, if you have, if you have never seen it, look it up. But be prepared to be seriously offended with dirty, dirty, dirty language. Yeah, like I said, he's probably telling Saint Peter now. You know, so what do you call your act? <laughs> you call it the aristocrats. I'm going to be in for the Easter show. With Bob Saget yeah. and Bill Hicks and Sam Did you Kinison. See that picture? I mean, everybody's posted that picture up today. Bob Saget, Louis Anderson, Gilbert Gottfried together. Yeah, I saw that. I can't believe that. You know what? Not now. We need these guys more than ever right now. And Uncle Floyd's calling in at 10 o'clock. And we did a show, Uncle Floyd, myself, and uh, Gilbert on uh, the night before Easter, back in 2019 at the Broadway Theater in Pittman. And those two would work together doing Cosby. Yeah. Hey. One of the one of the first videos I have of me, I know you gotta go, but one of the first videos of me doing comedy that you know, actually somebody videotaped me was me opening for Gilbert at Brook Arts Theater. There you go. I remember that night too. I remember that night. All right, my friend, we'll talk soon. Come down anytime. All right, I'll see you. You got it. That's Eric Potts. Jonah, hold on. Thoughts on Gilbert Gottfried's passing. 1-800-283-101.5. Are you a Gilbert fan? Of course. I mean, he was hilarious. I, I would catch him on talk shows and radio shows, and every time he came in, he would just bring it down, bring the whole house down. Yeah. He was in on to himself. Yes. You know, you knew that no matter what else happened, Gilbert's on, you're going to laugh. He yes. raised the level of everything around him while he was on. Few people could do that. That's true. 930. 
Now the latest New Jersey. New Jersey weather brought to you by Keystone Roofing and Siding. Is your home's exterior showing signs of age? Don't wait till it's too late. Call Keystone Roofing and Siding for a free evaluation. Roofing, siding, and windows. Quality work, professionally done. Visit their new state-of-the-art showroom on Route 9 in Howell or call 732-637-8300. I want to know the 283-101.5. Steve Trebelis. Gilbert Gottfried passed away, 67 years old. Your thoughts. Let's talk to uh, Chris is in Brooklyn on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Chris. How you doing, Steve? Good. How are you? All right, pal. You know, it was just about two months ago. I was watching what I believe was Gilbert's last live interview. He was being interviewed on this uh, online network that I subscribe to, Compound Media. It's Anthony Cumia's network. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it. And uh, they were talking about Bob Saget, so it was kind of sad, but still they were laughing. And uh, Anthony was sad today. I was watching the show. He said they were friends. He was talking about how he would go over Gilbert's apartment in Manhattan, met his wife and his kids, said he was a great family man, you know, despite his raunchy act. <laughs> he really was. And you know what? Like I said, he was such a good guy. The, the the act was an act, and it was a really funny act. And everywhere he went, he raised the level of those around him. And just about an hour ago, because uh, there's an on-demand feature on the network, and I was uh-huh. watching him and Artie and Anthony when Artie Lang was Anthony's co-host for a brief time, just to see the three of them laughing together. Oh. It hurts you. It'll hurt you. Go listen. Go pull up Artie Lang's podcast with Gilbert from last year. Just two guys out joking each other, and it was it was hysterical. It, yeah, again, there are very few people that can make your side split. Gilbert Gottfried was one of them. Chris, thanks for the call to New Jersey one hundred one point five. And Maureen Langan is the other one, and she joins me now. Hi, Maureen. You're dead to me. How are you? I'm dead to you. <laughs> Uh-huh. We're the only two left alive. Uh, how are you, darling? I'm doing good. How are you? Well, you know, this whole Gilbert thing is a big deal, and it's a very sad thing. And the, the reality of it all is everybody's going to die, every comic is going to die, and they are going to be a testament to their times. And Gilbert, he was wacky and freaky, and I think a little bit on the spectrum and the voice. And he got fired from Affleck because he made a joke about a Japanese tsunami. And and here's my point. I did a riff on this on my Facebook page tonight. Maureen Lago is a very successful comedian for those who are listening. And the thing is... (laughs) Way to work that in, Maureen. It is a true comment. She knows how to get the plug in. Oh, no. And what's unfortunate, Steve, is that he got fired from Affleck because he made a, a joke about the tsunami in Japan. Right. And again, people dying in a tsunami is not funny. There's not an ounce of people dying funny in a tsunami. However, as comedians, we use shock, we use humor. Sometimes it helps us like, kind of put a rift between it, uh, some kind of chasm. A defense. The reality of the pain of people dying and us continuing to move on. And we do it, and for some people, it feels those who we consider civilians see it as cold or heartless or inappropriate, but if you're a company like Affleck and you hire a comedian, then you fire them for being that comedian. So I went off on my Facebook page tonight on this, but the the bottom line is nobody's going to remember him for that. They're going to remember him for being the man who he is and was. So 
he is really a, a um, what he does represents a juxtaposition in today's world about us not speaking freely, not being silly, not being jarring, not being shocking. And we should be all of those things as comedians. And if you hate it and you don't like it and it jars you too much, leave the room, shut off the channel. So I have a lot of strong feelings that have come up for me as a performer in Gilbert's passing. And I wish his beautiful wife, who I only met once with his first child, who was gorgeous. I just wish them... um, I don't know. I just wish them like a feistiness about who he was and continuing that going. He made a difference. And, you know, at a time when it's never been harder to do comedy, he continued to do it and mm-hmm. do it well. Mm-hmm. Maureen, we'll talk. Thank you so much for coming on. All right. Hey, thanks, Steve. You got it. That's Maureen Langan, 1-800-283-101.5. Joner's in Middlesex on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Joner. Hi, Steve. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. I wanted to talk to you about uh, the last time I saw Gilbert. He was in Downbrook, New Jersey, at the State Theater. And it was right after that tsunami incident, too. I remember. What happened? I was there with him. He made a... Yeah, I remember. And he made a joke about... uh, I'm not even going to say anything about a bathtub tonight. <laughs> <laughs> he was, yeah, I mean, he wasn't afraid to go there. And not only was he not afraid to go there, but he would, like, not only go there, but remind you that he was going there. Almost like, you know, defiantly, did you hear what I just said? You know, he'd repeat it and repeat it and repeat it. And that's what made him so good. Well, you know, he made a private joke just for me that night. Oh, he did. I wanted to buy his. I wanted to buy his book, the um, uh, Rubber Balls and Liquor, and I, I didn't want to carry a purse, so I just had my money in a baggie in my pocket. Mm-hmm. So I go up to the table to talk to him and have him sign it, and I pull out my baggie, and he looks at it, and he says, "No, I can't say that. <laughs> I ain't taking any chances." All right, one eight hundred two eight three one zero one point five. Uncle Floyd Vivino is coming up at ten o'clock. Uh, he's going to play. Uh, he's going to be at the Brook Art Theater this Saturday night, and uh, Julia Scotty's going to be there as well. It's going to be a great show. But one eight hundred two eight three one zero one point five. Your thoughts on Gilbert Gottfried? Uh, we lost him today. Sixty-seven years old. He was cutting edge, and uh, the good ones are really going. Have you been thinking about adding a pet to your family? My friends at Pet Center in Old Bridge know exactly how to match you with the perfect pet. They have a large selection of quality puppies from USDA licensed and inspected breeders. When you bring home a Pet Center puppy, you get the most comprehensive guarantees in the market. Up-to-date vaccines, five generations of pedigree, and a complete homecoming kit. They have a large selection of small animals, reptiles, birds, and tropical fish. Visit them today in the shops at Old Bridge on Route 9 or at PetCenter.com today you could win up to 10 up to ten thousand dollars and you know how you feel about ten thousand dollars right all you have to do is uh enter the jersey cash code words and enter them on our app on our app you'll listen for the words 
Every hour, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m., there are new chances to win up to $10,000 thanks to our sponsor, the all-new Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app. Bet Parks, it's go time, baby. The $10,000 Jersey Cash Codes Contest on New Jersey 101.5. I want it on a 283-101.5. Gilbert and I did a show uh, at Joey Harrison's club down at the Jersey Shore, and he came on to promote it, and uh, it went like this, and it was very funny, and I want to play it for you from our website nj1015.com this saturday night at joey harrison's river house i'm going to be opening up for him and what a surprise gilbert happens to be on the radio how are you gilbert oh i'm i'm who's happy to be on the radio <laughs> i'm happy that you're on the radio Oh, okay. Well, at least one of us is happy to be on this radio show. See, man, so few people are known by their first name. All I got to do is say Gilbert. Everybody knows it's you. I mean, that's a beautiful thing. It's like Frank and Dean and Sammy. Hey, you know what? I-, I was watching last week. They run the Johnny Carson reruns late at night, right? So get this. On, on one show, he's got Frank Sinatra, who sings two songs. He's got Don Rickles, who comes out and surprises and hangs with them. David Jansen from The Fugitive. Olivia Newton-John comes out and sings a song. And then this other guy, Ray Johnson, the prison escape artist, all in the same show. Uh, you never see that today. And, and he says, uh, Johnny Carson makes the remark, and he goes, you know, and I was thinking of you when I heard this. He says, when Frank Sinatra comes out and he starts to sing a song, everybody starts to applaud and he doesn't even get, like, three words out. Because that never happens to comedians. And I'm thinking, if it could ever happen to a comedian, like, do you ever go out and start to tell the aristocrat joke and the crowd breaks out into a round of applause? Uh, yeah, it, it, it's like, and then it'll be like the Beatles at Shea Stadium. <laughs> I'll, I'll continue telling uh, a bunch of dirty jokes, and you can't even hear them. The girls are screaming, and uh, there's like it's all in black and white. And there's a girl holding a sign that says "I love Gilbert," and she's crying hysterically. And this happens to you in New Jersey all the time, right? Yes, yes, it, it's an amazing thing. I didn't know they had theaters that big there. What's the best thing to ever happen to you in Jersey? Uh, leaving, <laughs> uh, basically. Uh, when, whenever I leave Jersey, that's like a cause for celebration. <laughs> I, I got these great questions. I can't get any of them out because I'm laughing so hard. <laughs> what was it like? Now, now uh, are, you still, uh, are you still friends with Donald Trump even though we fired you? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm friends with all of the presidents. Uh, yeah, the ones on the money? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. Anyone, if you look at the dollar bill, you'll see my picture there, too. My best friends. I'm all doing them. a selfie. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, oh, yeah, Calvin Coolidge stops <laughs> over my house and plays cards. Roosevelt, it's uh, just every president. <laughs> Have you ever regretted telling a joke? 
because you live on the comedy edge. Nobody lives on the comedy edge like you do. Have you ever, have you ever told you, maybe I went too far? Well, luckily, <laughs> I, I've never gotten in trouble for telling a joke. <laughs> And then I've never lost money for it. <laughs> I, I, I've never risked losing a job for a joke. Uh, so, so uh, in that way, God has been watching over me. Have you heard from and the Emperor of Japan? If I lost the job, it would have stayed out of the press. All <laughs> Jersey. All right. 1-800-283-101.5 is the number to make it all right. Steve Trevelisse, you and me, hanging out till 11 o'clock, talking all things Jersey, because that's what we do. Saturday night at the Brookhart Theater is going to be uh, myself and Julia Scotty and the one and only Uncle Floyd Vivino, who joins me now. Hello, Uncle Floyd. How are you? Hey, Steve, can you make my name a little longer than the original Uncle Floyd? The original Uncle Floyd. What, what are, there, are there people imitating you? <laughs> I hope not. God, how you been, my buddy? You are a special man. You know that. I really appreciate you saying that. You know, coming from you, did you hear about Gilbert Gottfried? Yes, I did. I knew him well. I work with. Didn't you book us together at, at the, uh, the Broadway Theater in Pittman recently? I mean, we did. COVID. It was, as a matter of fact, it was two years ago this week. It was the night before Easter, and we did in front of four hundred and something people down at the Broadway Theater. That's right. You put me on that job, and, and I worked with Gilbert a lot. We were on the Cosby Show together. We, he was a dear man. I'm, we're going to miss him tremendously. I remember when you two walked in the first time you guys laid eyes on each other. Big hug, lots of stories. Uh, and you guys, what was it like working on the Cosby Show? It, that was great. But but another thing is, Gilbert had a show, I forget what year, back in the 1980s it was, on USA Network, Up All Night with yeah. Gilbert Gottfried. And he had to go to the hospital for some kind of a surgery, a minor thing that we all had, I don't know if it was kidney stone, whatever it was. And uh, this was, so he had me fill in for two consecutive weeks, two Saturday nights. And that, that's how much he thought of me. So he really liked me, and I, I thought the world of him, his comedy, his, his heart was in the right place. And uh, he went home from a show with half of the, whatever the food was. You know, <laughs> he used to have these pet dogs that needed steaks. And <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, he's really old school, wonderful guy. And, you know, you talk about old school. He knew, like, all the old comedians, all the old movie stars like you. You know, you're, both of you, your library goes so far back, and you could talk about anything, any era, and Gilbert was like that as well. When you listen to his podcasts and stuff. We, when we did the Cosby show, uh, he saw me walking down the hall, and he says, Hey, Floyd, where are you going? The lunchroom is this way. I says, Oh, no, follow me. We're going we're <laughs> to sit with Cosby. So I went to this VIP room with his writers and the producer and maybe 12 people, right. and we sit down. <laughs> Bill Cosby looked at us, didn't say a word, and, <laughs> and, and Godfrey kept kicking me in the leg. What are we doing here? We don't belong here. I just said, Shut up and eat <laughs> like we belong. And, no, and, and they left us alone. Little inside stories like that. Were, 
And then he would have me play the piano for him because uh-huh. he loved George Jessel. Robin Williams did the same thing to me. They, they loved the way I imitated Jessel. Uh, George Jessel, 90% of your audience don't know who we're talking about. <laughs> the but Toastmaster General. To- that's right. But, uh, but he was a, a character and a half. And we would sing the songs of Jessel. And, and we just, we were, we, all we knew was show business. I mean, Robin and Gilbert and uh, me too. But uh, I'll miss him tremendously. And, you know, that's, that's what made him so good and makes you so good and made David Bowie get attached to you. You know, you are who you are. You're, 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 you're uh, uh, for, uh, carnival comic. You know, you're just funny. You're just, it's all about being funny. And that's what, that's what Gilbert was the same way. And I said to Bowie, why do you like me? We're the two opposite stream, extremes of the, the bar of show business. You're on one end and I'm on the other. And I'm not talking about economically or fame-wise. I'm talking about artistically. Yeah. He said to me, I like you because you remind me, this is Bowie talking, of the old English music hall comedians. And he actually said to me, look at you, Floyd. You still have a costume, and meaning an identifiable costume. Uh-huh. A hat, plaid jacket, little bow tie. He said, who has that anymore in this business? And you do music in your comedy. You, you, you know, you like the old English music hall guys. You know, so that's what he liked about, you know, uh, all, we all just got along because we were on the same team. Like you know, Steve, when I first met you, uh, you begged me for my autograph, and I said, kid, listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> Go on the radio. Never mind this. You don't need this. <laughs> I remember the first night I met you, I uh, was opening for you at Catch a Rising Star, and the picture they had of you, you looked like Robin Williams' older brother. And yeah. you said to me, hey, Robin Williams told me that if he ever gets a part where he needs an older brother, I'm the guy. He wanted to do that in the worst way, and he also wanted, he liked my idea of having a, a, a quiz show on television. It was my idea. He thought it was great. He was going to try to get backers for it. It would be comedians versus any occupation on an intelligence quiz. Like oh, I love it. College Bowl and all that. I said, Robin, can you imagine George Carlin against Brad Pitt? <laughs> I mean, I'm not putting Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt's a wonderful actor. They, right. Or Anthony Quinn, any actor, okay? Yeah. Can you imagine the comics against uh, any profession? Uh, and one reason is we, we are crafty because we do jokes and we would, we would confuse the question, you know, and, and turn it our way, always. But he thought that would be a great show. I said, but we'd massacre everybody. You would. People don't realize how intelligent, how well-read and topical comics are because they have to be topical. You have to know what you're talking about when you get up there. You know you're a comic if you're this. The average person is taught. And this, I'm not putting the average. We need everybody. We need everybody. Right. No matter what their intelligence is, no matter what their occupation. I'm a firm believer in that. But the most people, I should say, if you say one plus one equals, they will answer two. But the comedy people, the artistic people, never they don't answer two. We say it could be three. A man marries a woman, they have a baby, one plus one equals three. We always see more dimensions to mm-hmm. this. Yeah. Which which makes which makes the comic mind Robin Williams used to do this whole routine about how comedians use both sides of their brains at once. Well, so do musicians, and so do athletes. Right. And so do soldiers, uh, policemen, police officers, firefighters. A lot of people do. So, but the comics get the, play, the, the credit for that, but a lot of occupations do. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you, speaking of uh, policemen, a funny, th- not-so-funny thing happened to you, Uncle Floyd, on uh, a traffic stop on the way home one night. Tell us what happened. 
Now, I'm going to tell the audience, first of all, I was dead set against talking about this, and I'll tell you why. I, I think it's, uh, it was wrong of me to talk about this subject because of all the people that suffered at its consequences. I feel very lucky, but Steve... You, Steve, you've been asking me for months now to do this. And you said to me, Floyd, if you help one person with this story, you've done a good service. And I can't argue with that, Steve. That's how much Steve Travelese, ladies and gentlemen, cares about not only his audience, his people, people in general, humanity. Thank you. And he thought it was important to bring this out. You're the only one I would talk to this about. I I had uh, a problem. Uh, was I left Boundbrook with Joe Lemire? You know Joe. Lemire. I know Joe. Yeah. As a matter of fact, we both worked at this station years ago. We had a show on Saturday mornings. Make a long story short, I made a wrong turn. Cops are following me. They pulled me over three times. I was on. I don't even know. Remember what highway I was on? But it was close to Pennsylvania. The first time, the second time, I passed all the physical tests. They said he's not drunk. There's something wrong with him, though. There's something definitely wrong with this guy. And they followed me. They brought ambulances at each three stops. The third stop, the cop said to me, you have COVID. I says, no, I don't. He says, yes, you do. Now, how he knew I could not get out of the my car, the COVID, if anybody's had it, and I was in the hospital two weeks with it, either goes to your, your heart, your kidneys, your lung, or your brain. With me, it was going to the brain, which shuts down your muscles and your body, so I couldn't get out of the car. I had to lift up one leg with both hands and put it out the door. Then I had to lift up laboriously this other leg and put it down on the floor. And to get out of the car, I had to do like a pull-up. I had to put my two arms and hands out on the rim of the outside window and pull myself up. Well, the cop right. knew. He says, this. He said, listen, uh, listen, uh, my job is to protect you, but my job is also to protect all the other motorists. I'm not going to let you go any further on the road. There's something wrong. And uh, make a long story short, he was right. That cop was right. I was about eight miles from the Pennsylvania border. He said, where are you going? I said, Toto, New Jersey. He says, you know, you're going the wrong way. I says, I know, I, I made a wrong turn a while back, but you see that big gas station over there? I'm going to do a U-turn there and head back. He says, how far are you from Totua, where you live? I said, uh, about 48 miles. I was darn close, maybe 46 miles at that point. Right. But the point was, I was going in the wrong direction. He, they wanted to bring me to a hospital, and I told the cop, I, I, so I'm going to die tonight. It's going to be in Totua with my people and not in Pennsylvania in a, in a hospital. Wow. But make a long story short, they, I, they wouldn't let me drive any further. They made me call AAA to drive me home or some guy with a truck showed up. And and as I'm walking away from the cops, they says, where are you going? I said, follow me, guys. <laughs> young cops. Says, what is it with this guy? I said, come on, I'm going to buy you coffee and maybe you want a donut or something. It was at, like the rest stop coffee right. shop. And they said, no, you're not. Well, but they stayed with me till the AAA guy came. Those cops, I wish I could hug them. I'd hug them with all my heart. I tried to find out who it was because when you have COVID going to the brain, you have a memory loss period for a period of time. I was warned about this. Wow. And for two months, I couldn't remember anything. But my memory did come back. That's why it's great talking to you tonight, Frank. It really <laughs> that is what a story. Travis Sano. No, they, they did their job. I, had, I went in. I married three times, as everyone knows. My ex number two, my second wife, came and brought me to the hospital, drove me there. They, 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 right away, they admitted me. They put me right in. 
And uh, I, I would have probably been dead in about another eight or ten hours. The brain stopped. When the brain goes, it's over. They saved your life. They, cops the cops literally saved your life. And I'm so glad that you, you know, broke your silence and told the story. Thank you well, so much for that. I, when I was in the hospital, naturally, I was, I, I didn't take my, I never took medicine in my life. I never took even an aspirin. At age 70, I took my first pill. And uh, I asked the doctor in street language, why am I taking this, this medicine? He says, you have two cancers in you. He said, don't be alarmed. I said, well, tell me, you know, wow. at my age, you get braver as you get older and you face these things. We're all going to go someday. And I said, well, how bad is it? He sa I said, tell me in street language, how bad is, are my two cancers? He said, well, they're, they're at very low levels, right? I said, well, what if I just get up and walk out of here? I don't, I don't believe in all these pills. He says, you might have three good years. You might have four good years. You'll ne you might, at age 75 or 76, though, it's going to collect from you. It's going to take over, and that's it. you got a choice. You want to fight it now when you're still strong enough to fight it, or you want to you play the game and wait five, six years. He says, how long do you want to live? I says, Doc, I want to work till I'm 86. Yeah. And you will, and you, and you can. Oh, that's, we, we have a saying in our business, we want to die taking a bow. Yeah. We, don't, we have nothing to retire to. Our life, unfortunately or unfortunately, is show business. That's who we're married to. That's why we have such a high divorce rate. I think the women mm. realize this guy, he loved, I could divorce three wives, but not show business. The I women are the other women. Huh? The women are the other women. You know, because you're married to the job. You married the show business. Floyd, can you hold on a second? got to take a quick Certainly. break. Can I put you on hold? Certainly. All right, hold on one second. I'm, I'm just a little bit late. Here's New Jersey 101.5 Fast Traffic. Five, Steve Trevelis. I one 1-800-283-101.5. Great conversation with Uncle Floyd. Thanks for hanging out, Uncle Floyd. How are you? Yeah, I'm here. Can I ask you a question, Steve? Yeah. If you agree with me, I was asked this question by, uh, to ask who are the best audiences we face as comedians, as comics? And I said, these four occupations, these four uh, groups laugh the easiest, the loudest, and the longest. Cops, firemen, funeral parlor directors, and clergy. So the interviewer says, well, I don't see the common, uh, the common. They all four see life here and gone in a flash. And therefore, they appreciate the moments we have in this life, on this stage. Uh, yeah, that's a good They one. laugh the best. Cops, are the, uh, and they're loaded with humor. I told you I was getting a collection of cop stories, the things that really happened to me over the years, and the mm -hmm. humor in cops. And uh, can I do one quick, a quick one? Of course, go ahead. I, I was on Route 80 coming back from uh, Pittsburgh or wherever, Cleveland, and it was about f uh, 4.30 in the morning, and f 5 o'clock in the morning, and a cop pulled me over by uh, Hope, New Jersey, way out in the western part of Route 80. Right. And he says, I want you to slow down. You're going a little fast. He says, I know nobody's on the road, but, you know, things run out of the way. He says, wait a minute. Are you Uncle Floyd? I says, yes. He says, Wow, can I have your autograph? I says, no problem. So I give him the autograph, and, he, and, he's walking, and he's walking back to his patrol car. I roll down my window. Excuse me, officer. I get $10 for my autograph. He turned to me in a second, Steve, and he uh, says, yeah, if you get my autograph, it's going to cost you $75. I love it. You get it. They, they humor you. get a ticket. I mean, it's just humor. They, yeah, and, absolutely. And, and clergy, and, and I said funeral parlor directors, and firemen, or firefighters. I should say today, and cops. And you know, they once asked Groucho Marx, uh, do you know sadness? And Groucho Marx answered, if I didn't know sadness, I could never make you laugh. 
Well, that that's another thing, you know. The the I I know there's an old song, laugh clown laugh, in the mm-hmm. comedians, but everybody knows sadness. Not only comedians, we don't have any more sadness than a guy who works in a stationery store. Yeah. Life throws us all sadness. Every one of us has to deal with sadness. But the comics uh, like to talk about oh the sad face clown. Well, there's also the sad face janitor. Absolutely. There's the sad-faced school teacher and the sad-faced doctor. A lot of us have to deal with that. That's why we have uh, uh, candy and uh, uh, happy food and and comedy shows and the circus and, well, not circus anymore, uh, baseball, sports, uh, to escape the sadness from time to time. You see, now you put it in perspective. Now, going back to where we were before we went into the commercial, these two cancers that you have, yeah. You're going to be all right, right? You've chosen to fight them off. Me. There you go. Yes. And and the, I would told the doctors, I don't believe in medicine. I never did. I never took even an aspirin until age 70. But he says, well, what did you do? I says, my, I, I subscribe to the Mediterranean where my people are from, southern Italy. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the Greeks and Italians, Albanians, Spaniards, they do the same thing. We boil our vegetables and we drink all the broth. The, all the vitamins are there. Uh, we even boil the bones, the chicken bones, all the vitamins. It's not in the chicken. It's in the bones of the chicken. That's why they made soup with the bones and all that. The old timers knew everything. Yeah. Darn it. And he says, well, that's great. He says, the doctor says, this broccoli juice, all this stuff is great when you're 20, 30, 40, 50. But once you start getting in your age group, you need a stronger, a stronger defense line. And that's what the medicine is for, to, to keep it at bay. And, and so far they are. So I, I, I do believe the doctors, and they said I have a great attitude. Everybody has cancer sooner or later. We, they don't, most people have it, don't even know it. I didn't know I had it. I had no idea. And you're doing well with it now. I got it in the bladder and then the prostate, two most common places for men. Right. And, and they said, you got, the, you got a, um, cancer in your bladder because you were a smoker. I says, I wasn't a smoker. I really, I played with a cigar, but I hadn't had any tobacco since 2004. Right. He says, well, but uh, you were in the nightclubs all your life. And if you remember, Steve, I know you're younger than Second me, but every smoke. nightclub it had that, right? You got it. Yeah. You, you, that cloud of smoke was in every theater, every nightclub. The door Most, would open. I, most of my friends got emphysema. I didn't get emphysema, so it, it got my bladder instead. But it's still, we're all in the same boat. No, I'm glad you're going to be all right. I got to hit the right. news now, and I'm going to see you Saturday night at the Brook Art Theater, brookart.org. Oh, uh, and, and give my love to your sons and your family. I got a great, this guy has great kids. Uh, thank you so much, Floyd. Uh, you're the best. I'll see you. I'll see you at the Brook Theater. I'll see you this uh, Saturday night with Julia Scotty, Uncle Floyd. How about that? What a what a night! What a great guy. Oh yeah, Uncle Floyd. I've actually met him before. I used to work at a radio station with uh, old Skip Rooney, a friend. Oh of his. yeah. So yeah, I've met Floyd a few times. You got to hang with Floyd. Yeah. You you you're riveted. Story after story, no oh, matter yeah. what the topic matter, like you just heard, no matter what the topic matter, who it is, he's got something to say, and he knows what he's talking about. Unlike me. 10.30. <laughs> now the latest New Jersey news. By NJ Diet. Bathing suit season's almost here. You can lose that winter fat quickly with NJ Diet. They contractually guarantee you'll lose 20 to 40 plus pounds in only 40 days. Call 855-5NJ-DIET to go to njdiet.com. It's njdiet.com. New Jersey weather brought to you by Keystone Roofing and Siding, don't you know? 
Is your home's exterior showing signs of age? Don't wait until it's too late. Call Keystone Roofing and Siding for a free evaluation. Uh, roofing, siding, windows, they do good quality work, professionally done. Visit their new state-of-the-art showroom on Route 9 in Hal, or call 732-637-8300. All right, Steve Trevelace, the number to get through is 1-800-283-101. Tomorrow night, Trevia, Music, Movies, Television, New Jersey, New Jersey, 101.5. Uh, Johnny Gemini Lombardi will be here. Uh, I think Julia Scotty's going to be here either tomorrow night or Thursday. I'm not really sure. She'll let me know. Uh, also, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, also, Johnny Watson may be here as well. And you're probably saying to yourself, where do I know Johnny Watson from? You've probably seen him a billion times at the Comedy Cove, thecomedycove.com. And the owner, the owner of the Comedy Cove, Gene Nagel, is on the line right now. Can you believe we lost Gilbert Gottfried today? Oh, it's so sad. It's so sad. I'm shocked. I know. I, I didn't know where. I, I mean, like, it's one of those deals, like, like this gut punch and this stunned, and then there's the stunned gut punch. Out of nowhere. He was, he was amazing. It's, uh, I think I wrote you that little thing. Uh, he, uh, it was like there was a switch in him. You know, he was, he was very mild and meek and soft-spoken. And then the minute he hit that stage, this monster pops out. You know, there's this, this powerful guy is there. Yeah. Five five, maybe 130 pounds. And and then whatever he did, whatever he did in that moment, he owned it. You know what I mean? He wasn't just part of the deal. He was the deal. Everything centered around Gilbert. And, you know, he made any show great because he was that good. Any radio show, any comedy show, any movie, whatever. And you look at the wide body of his work. You know, the guy's doing the dirtiest jokes you will ever hear that you can't repeat, right? I'm telling you, right now, right now, St. Peter's saying to him, and what do you call your act? (laughs) The crap. Exactly. And then, who is this guy? He does Disney. He's Aladdin. My God. (laughs) Beverly Hills cop. (laughs) They don't make him like that anymore. Now, did you ever work with him? Oh, yeah. Well, one time I, uh, I, I was talking to him, and I, I forgot the name of the movie now, and I, I mentioned the movie. And he said, no, no, no. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was from Britain. Uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> he knew everything. Like, he was an old, like, you listen to his podcast, he was an old movie buff. He was an old comedian buff. He, I guess the best way to say it, he was a history buff. We spent a lot of time together in the car because uh, I guess you know that he doesn't drive. He never had right. a driver's license in his life. <laughs> Actually, one, one time, especially on the on the, the West Side Highway, we were sitting there one time for, for an hour because it was a fire or something. But one time I go to pick him up and he comes out of his apartment building with the trolley with his book and his CD and all that, so the DVDs. Right. And he said, he's having a little bit of trouble. So I said, let me get that for you. And I got it. And I said, go. My, my Land Cruiser was across the street. I, I kept there. Drop it in the back. I go in the front seat, close the door, start the car, and all of a sudden I hear the back door open and close. <laughs> and I said, this son of a... Okay. Whatever. Uh, I think we're halfway down the block and he goes, <laughs> oh, I am such an a-hole. Pull over. <laughs> <laughs> 
he's so soft spoken. That was the other thing. Yeah, you had to get him. You had to if you wanted him, you had to go get him and you had to bring him back. That's right. <laughs> and then you had to give him dinner. And yeah. uh, right, and and he would like order from the menu. Oh, thank you very much. I think I will choose that appetizer, and I will have this. And he's so soft spoken. You get the fish handshake, and then he gets on stage and get in my ground. And then the Jerry Lewis, and so friggin' funny. And and the thing with Gilbert is what I loved about him is not only. You know, was he like, was he doing the dirty joke or the politically incorrect? He wanted you to know. I said, in case you didn't hear me, I said, and he would deliver the line again. <laughs> and, he, and he's one of those guys like, you want to write it all down. You know, like, like when you when you'd go see Rodney, you go in, you want to remember the joke. You know, you so you can go tell your friends. And it's yes. kind of like when you walk out of the theater, your, your brain gets like bulked, and it all goes blank. And you're like, what do you say? I don't know. It was really good, though. <laughs> My God. Those, I, those rides are really fun because, uh, he, I, he would, again, the old, the old uh, show business stories. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the, well, the people, Dice Clay, when he was starting out, and they were all working at Pips in, in, in uh, Brooklyn. Right. You know, and, he, and then he would just climb up. <laughs> yeah, he, I'm, I'm done now. I have nothing left to say. He look out the window like a 12 year old, you know? Uh, that, wow, this is fascinating. That, wow. <laughs> and then you just you ask him another question, he'd light up again, and yeah. okay, you have a two, three minutes. <laughs> you put a quarter in Gilbert. <laughs> Back to the window. Yeah, you put a quarter in Gilbert, and he'd go, <laughs> and you got to put another quarter in, and then he'd go again. <laughs> Did he do this with you at the end of the show? He would come. After he sold all his books and all that stuff, and he, he got, can I have a glass of Mello, please? <laughs> you know what? You had to hear the night when Gilbert and Uncle Floyd are doing the Broadway theater. Oh my goodness! Oh my god! You want to talk about like uh, it's it's old it's old school history name dropping. Each one, no matter what the topic was, they knew everything about everything. And they could go back and forth with, like, Charlie Chaplin and, you know, all the old comics or all the old movies or all the old vaudeville and the movie stars. Amazing. And, and you just want to be a fly on the wall for those two. And then they get up on stage and they kill. Yeah, because Floyd's great because he comes real early all the time, so you sit and talk to him. Yeah, and, and, he, and he's one of those guys that you want to talk to because they got stories. Oh yeah, he so the, you know the John Lennon rock and roll album, right? Right. I use that for room music sometimes. And that uh -huh. last song, you know, where that, that that sounds like the end of a dance for every high school dance. Uh -huh. This is Doctor Winston O Boogie. Uh huh. Right. That's it, a slow dance song. So I said, doesn't this sound like a high school dance ending? Oh, he says, yeah, yeah. You know, who did a good rendition of that song. <laughs> <laughs> And he laid names like two or three people. It's holy! What was this guy's? I was like, <laughs> he knows everything. I, I, and I, I mean, anything about anything. I was talking about mozzarella once, and he's explaining how in mozzarella you got to you got to let the mozzarella breathe, and you put it in warm water before you serve it, and that's how it opens up, and it tastes. And he, so, if he wasn't right, right, <laughs> absolutely. Now we eat mozzarella a whole new way, thanks to Uncle Floyd. <laughs> I'm on top. You know, he's got me on top of it. Hey, I got to go, man. Well, who's supposed to be at the club this week? Jeff Norris. Oh, yeah. Good guy. Excellent. Yeah, a good young up-and-coming comic that you might want to look at, Troy Moore. Troy Moore. You know what? I know Troy. I, he works with Jay Black and Spadey a lot. Yes, he does, yes. Yeah, he's a good guy. All right, yeah, good I job. I use him a lot. He's really coming up strong. 
Yeah, excellent. Absolutely. And the Comedy Cove, if you want tickets. That's right. There you go. All right, kiddo. We'll talk soon. Thank you, Steve. Always good talking to you. Got it, pal. Bill Spadia. Hey, 1-800-283-101.5 is the number. My God. What a night. Cindy Williams called in. Shirley from Laverne and Shirley. Shirley, me, myself, and Shirley going to be... Uh, at the Bucks County Playoffs, the Detroit Playoffs, the Bucks County Playhouse, the April 23rd and 24th. We'll be giving away tickets tomorrow night on Trevia. Uh, Johnny Watson, I think, is going to be here. Every week, Johnny gives me the update. Uh, pray for Johnny. He's a good man. He's, uh, he's been uh, he's a little under the weather lately. Uh, Mark Rick Don is going to be here. Johnny Gemini is going to be here. Julia Scotty is going to be here one night this week, either Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, so we got that going on. Jersey's opening lines on Thursday. We've also got five pair of tickets for uh, the Cabanara experiment. And uh, he's going to be on uh, Thursday, Michael Cabanara. Uh, so we got that. So stick around for that. Uh, go to nj1015.com. See all the pictures of uh, the concert for Ukraine. Point Pleasant Beach Mayor. Uh, Mayor Kanitra went to the border of Ukraine and Poland. And what he saw there um, was so inspirational that they came back and put together a concert that raised over $200,000 for the Ukrainian refugees. And all the pictures are on my page at nj1015.com, as well as a separate story with pictures from the concert. Eddie Testa, Southside Johnny, Steve Forbert, uh, Bobby Bandera, Gilbert Gottfried. We lost Gilbert today. Uh, shocking. I'm you know, completely shocked about that. Uh and so saddened. I mean, I wasn't close to him, didn't know him the way some comics did. Now everybody's going to put pictures all over Facebook, like I did. Uh, they're Gilbert shots. But he was always a great guy to work with. Sweet, polite, before and after the show. When he took the stage, completely different person. Fearless. One of the few comics left who can make you laugh until your sides hurt. And seriously, how many comics are left that can make you laugh until your sides hurt? Because comedy's not set up today. For you to laugh until your sides hurt. Comedy today is set up like a golf applause. Yeah, that was funny. That was funny. Oh, an Italian comic. I'm going to hear about the plastic slipcovers on the furniture. Can't wait. Okay, haha. Okay, good. Gilbert wasn't like that. Gilbert was the farthest thing from political correctness. And I loved him for it. As did you. He would go out of his way to remind you of how outrageous the joke he just said was by repeating it with emphasis, almost as if to say, did you hear what I just said? We heard. We laughed. We loved the comedy. We loved the person that was and is Gilbert Gottfried. And like I said, man, I'm wondering if he's telling St. Peter right now the aristocrat joke so we can get into heaven just in time for the Easter show. Salute, Gilbert. 1-800-283-101.5 is the number. You're not going to need it for a while. If you go on nj1015.com, and uh, tomorrow there'll be a full-blown uh, uh, tribute to Gilbert with all the comedians and everything. Uh, but for now, uh, they, put up the, they put up an interview I did with Gilbert that I played earlier. And, uh, you know, what do you love about New Jersey most? Leaving New Jersey, which is so Gilbert. So uh, do check it out and uh, have yourself a great night. And uh, tell you what, we do this all again tomorrow, okay? Okay. Jersey Radio. This has been the Steve Travely Show on demand. Check out the latest from Steve on our free app or nj1015.com. New Jersey 101.